Howdy. Welcome to another episode of Tales from the Pits. This is Brian. And Andrew. And this is uh, the kickoff for the big one that uh, we keep trying to say we're working on. Yeah, we've we've been working on it, believe it or not. We're sitting here with multiple books and pieces of paper and all sorts of things strewn across this table. Um, on magazines. And- <laughs> we're talking barbecue history, folks. Um, specifically, Texas barbecue history. We've been diving into this. I mean, we've been learning about this for years, honestly, as we've both gotten heavy into this whole barbecue craziness that we chase. But we decided to document this. I guess it was right around maybe November last year. Yeah. We first coming up towards the end of the year. We were like, you know, this is it's something that we want to go pursue um, because it'll it'll force us to learn all the nitty gritty as well. And there's so much, you know, barbecue has evolved in texas and what you eat today and especially the new school barbecue still has connections all the way back but there's this wonderful history and and all of these different influences the beauty of texas barbecue is that you have all of these influences that have confluenced in together to create what we're eating today right and that's i know they say history repeats itself and i guess it's true because Texas now is a huge melting pot of different cultures and different people that have moved here from all over the world, over the country. And they bring, what do people bring for, you know, a taste of home? They bring their food. They bring the food that they grew up cooking and their parents cooked and their grandparents cooked. And, you know, that's, that's how Texas became. You had different regions of Texas that had different pockets of immigration. Some of it, not exactly immigration. It was forced. It was slavery. And some of it was people fleeing countries for new opportunities to, you know, to, well, Texas as a country and then Texas as a state. And so you've got a, a, a huge melting pot of people that are all cooking different styles of food that is home to them. And over the course of years and setting down roots and generations, it's become regional barbecue. And, and barbecue's always been family and barbecue's always been celebration and community. Right, so it's families that, getting together. That interweaving of all of those cultures. Yeah, I mean, barbecue's always been a celebratory thing. And you know, way back in the early days and up until today, and if you look at the different regions of Texas and you really focus on their histories, you're going to find out a lot of interesting things. Uh, some of it will break your heart. Some of it will kind of open your eyes. And some of it will just make you appreciate what you're eating today. And it may not be your favorite thing to eat, but it's it's got a place in history. And there's a reason that it still exists in the form that it does. And it shouldn't change. We don't, you know, it's one of the things that if I was going to make a complaint about new school barbecue, and I love new school barbecue, it's... It's in danger of becoming homogenized, I'm afraid, that you're going to have a lot of similar barbecue restaurants around. And I think some of those are, you know, old school places need to stay the same. They don't need to become new school. They need to stay true to their roots, and they are. You need those places that are kind of bellwethers for that style. Absolutely. You know, and and we've talked about it. I mean, you know, Lockhart, I I would hate to go to Lockhart and see them doing strange cuts of meats and 25 different sides and, you know, hipster trays and all of that. It's not what I want when I go to Lockhart. Right. And, and Lockhart's a shiny example, of course, of Central Texas barbecue. And we're going to get into regions and we'll break these episodes up mostly by region as well as we move along with this with this series we're doing. Um, so just to give people a little bit of insight, because I know, you know, we have plenty of listeners that are big into the barbecue world and, and know as much about this, if not more than we do in some cases. But there are plenty of people that are listening to the show that may not realize just how varied Texas barbecue can be within the state. So the, there's four main regions of what are considered Texas barbecue. 
there's East Texas, Central Texas, West Texas, and South Texas. And they all have a very distinct flavor profile, way of cooking, um, what they cook in terms of types of proteins. And they're, you know, they all have roots from hundred, you know, hundreds of years at this point of different reasons why they became what they've become. And I, I think Texas is unique. I mean, it, certainly feels that way. I'm not going to go research every other state at this time, but um, most of the other states seem to be very heavily influenced by one or two styles. And that's what, that's what I love about Texas is that you can drive, you know, it may be a couple hours, maybe four hours, but um, you can drive and you can experience completely different barbecue styles, you know, and kind of um, a very high level, you know, East Texas is, is very pork rib centric, very sauce centric. Um, cooking style is a little bit different. You've got Central Texas, which most people are familiar with because Aaron Franklin made it worldwide famous, um, even though it was pretty famous to begin with. Um, but there you've got, you know, your beef and, and up in Taylor um, and Lockhart. I mean, I think Black's is one of the ones that claims to be the first one with the beef rib, but I know Louis Miller and Taylor also was very early into that. But you've got that style, pepper, salt, and the, and the German and Czech sausages that came in. Um, you've got southern texas barbecue which is obviously influenced by by mexico and and those immigrants as they came in over the over the borders and west texas which um, is sort of a cattle drive style i mean it's it was out in the west the the wood is mesquite most often uh, very open cooking style direct heat and uh, we'll go into some interviews with some of those folks as well but very different and it's it's great because you can experience all those and you know some people have favorites you know it, it is what it is but each one of those offers something unique. Right. And Central Texas, which of course is the most well-known at this point, it's driven from Czech and German immigrants that immigrated to that part of Texas and they brought with them sausage. You know, that was a really big thing of, of the, the European way of making sausage of simple flavors, a couple of herbs, a couple of spices and, and just whatever meat was trimmed off of, you know, whatever trimmings you got off of the yeah. meat. You were Leftover cooking. meat stuffed in intestines of a pig. Um, with a lot of salt so it could be preserved. Yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of barbecue was, per, was preservation and what you couldn't sell out of a meat market, and we'll get into all of that as we get into the meat mar market segment of this. Um, and then, of course, Texas used to be part of Mexico. So down towards the border of Mexico, you had a lot, there's a large Mexican population still down there today. And barbacoa and whole cow head cooking in the ground was a very traditional thing. You'd wrap it in leaves, you get a nice bed of coals and you'd bury it and you'd let it cook. Um, most of it wasn't even seasoned. It was just wrapped, you know, the whole skull put in there, cooked until it was done, pulled out and, you know, and you'd, you'd take the meat off of it and you'd eat it. And that, that goes all the way back to the Caribbean and, and yep. when they believe that, that that influence came in from there. So there was, there was some changes as it came through Mexico into Texas as well and, and the types of meats and the style changed a little bit. So, right. I mean, it, it's very, very interesting to us. There's been a lot of books, but, um, you know, I, I, I don't know if there's been a book, and Andrew, maybe you know, if there's been one book that covers all the styles in, in as much in depth as we would like to anyway. Not, not that I've found. There's a lot of regional books and, and a lot of really good stuff. And I know Daniel Vaughn, when he did The Prophets of Smoked Meat, he did touch on each region, but it was more on the actual food that he was eating then, not necessarily the history of each region. I mean, he got into it a little bit, and he's put out plenty of articles through Texas Monthly as well. But as far as one comprehensive book that gives you everything, it would it would be a really big book because there's a lot to cover. 
um, as we're finding out as we research this. Um, some of the books that we have found really helpful, uh, Legends of Texas Barbecue by Rob Walsh is a fantastic book. Um, it gets into a lot of history. Um, some of it, some of it's a little more recent, and some of it goes back a little ways. But Rob Walsh has been at the forefront of Texas barbecue research and, and Texas food research for a long, long time. There's also some good recipes in there that yeah, um, <clears throat> I think Vensel Mayers has a couple of recipes in there. Uh, yeah, yeah, Vensel from Taylor Cafe has some recipes in there. Um, there's some really good stuff in that book, really good content um, as far as just information and recipes. Another one, and I referenced this earlier in a couple episodes back, and I, I got the name wrong and I apologize. It's Republic of Barbecue. as written by... Elizabeth S. D. Engelhart. Um, and there's a forward by John Edge in there as well. John Edge is another good researcher, not necessarily of Texas barbecue, but uh, Southern Foodways Alliance and, and barbecue in general. And this book touches on all Central Texas. And it's it goes into some history, and it does a lot of up until the book was written, which the book was written, ironically, about a year or two before Aaron Franklin came along and, and kind of changed a lot of things. Um, well, he, and, you know, he popularized that Central Texas style that right. now when people think of Texas barbecue, they think of what comes out of Franklin barbecue as the style of barbecue. And it, it, and as we mentioned, it's just not true. There's so many different influences throughout there. Um, and, and like you said, you can go out to West Texas and you can you can get a completely different style of barbecue that is not going to be copied and you're not going to find that um, – Closest you can probably find in Austin is Cooper's, which has an Austin outpost now, but it's still not the same type of experience that you're going to get out there. No, and one of the ironic things about about this book, about Republic of Barbecue, is not only is it right before Aaron Franklin came along, but one of the subjects that they talked to in the interview in there is the gentleman that owned the barbecue restaurant that closed and then became Franklin Barbecue. Um, so it's kind of interesting to see what that barbecue place was before it was Franklin Barbecue. So yeah, one of the people they interviewed for this book, Republic of Barbecue, was Ben Wash from Ben's Long Branch Barbecue in Austin, Texas. Um, so it kind of goes into the barbecue he was cooking at this spot that is now you know, one of the most famous barbecue destinations in the world. And so there's a lot of really good information in there. And I do like that it's all pre-Franklin because well, and, and, there's so much information out there now in the right. Franklin social media I mean, age. that's the thing because of the internet, because of computers, because of social media. I mean, you know, a lot of people don't realize 2009. I mean, that's not that long ago, no. you know, uh, you know, get off my lawn, you crazy kids. But I mean, in, in history and in history of barbecue and the timeline of barbecue, it's the very end yeah. and it's and it's been an explosion obviously and he's the one that opened the door for that and and shot spotlight did barbecue so much that it opened the door for so many people but at the same time there's a tremendous amount of history prior to that right and and we're definitely going to try to pay respect to that we can't you can't talk about barbecue history and not eventually get to the aaron franklin era you know we talk about that in most episodes at this point so we want to go as far back as we can and if you look at East Texas, which is an area we have admittedly not spent as much time eating in as other regions, but we spend a decent amount of time there. Um, I've gone to Beaumont several times. Uh, we've gone Northeast uh, quite a few times as well. And there's different, different variations of that style in different pockets of those little cities that you go to. The beef links or garlic bombs, you know, or how they're referred to as a number of different things. It's a very very basic sausage, um, and it's not meant to be eaten kind of like you'd eat a, a Czech sausage. You don't eat the casing on this because it's 
No, you don't want to eat the casein. Yeah. You, you cut it out and you kind of, you know. When you sop it up with the bread. Yeah, I mean, the yeah. bread is a very critical part to that. And it's it's garlicky and there's a couple other spices in there and it's very basic. But Patillo's is, I believe, the oldest family-owned barbecue joint in Texas at this point that's been owned by the same family the whole time. The Patillo family um, has owned that place since 1912, which is kind of amazing. And Robert Not Patillo, kind of amazing. It really it, is amazing. Yeah. And Robert <laughs> Patillo was in there last time. I was in there just a few weeks back. And Robert Patillo was in there, you know, taking orders and placing inventory orders and all sorts of stuff. He's still working there. You know, I don't know if he's there every day, but he's still working there when I was there. Um, so it's East Texas has got a, its own style of barbecue, its own history. And part of that history has to do with slavery in America. And we're going to get into that. And I know it's it's hard to have those discussions, but it's a necessary discussion because it's part of this country's history, unfortunately. And so we're going to delve into it and delve into kind of how that style became that style. And, you know, what was what was cooked, what was given to, you know, what the slaves were allowed to eat and allowed to cook. We're going to get into a little bit of that and talk about how that history has evolved. And it was, again, about preservation of meat and about feeding as many people as you can with one large animal cooking. You didn't have specific cuts. You weren't going to, you couldn't sit there and order a beef rib or, or, you know, you weren't doing that. You were cooking whole animals and you were eating. And it was sustenance at that point. And unfortunately with, with the slaves, they weren't given the prime cuts. They were given right. what, what other people didn't want. And then they had to try to transform that through their cooking style. Right. And so there's a lot of live fire cooking, you know, offset cooking is not the style of barbecue that was invented. And there was, that's the only thing that's ever been done. There's lots of, I mean, even today, there's plenty of live fire cooking over coals, direct heat. Um, the, the offset cooking came along later, but we're going to get into more of that and more of the history of how that came to be. The, the pit technology of those early days is kind of fascinating to see. I mean, and by pit technology, it can literally be a pit, a hole in the ground that some coals are you know dumped onto. So we're going to definitely get into more of that. We'll get into how different styles or different cuts of meat became popular. Brisket, believe it or not, folks, is, has not been served on barbecue menus for the last 200 years. I think 1960s, I think, but we'll get into that yeah. exactly when it went. Yeah, the, yeah, it was around the 60s when when you started being able to get boxed beef, when you you could call a butcher and say, I want XYZ cut. Right. I want I want six briskets instead of I need six cows or six four quarters and I can cut a brisket from. Right. And then I still have to cook all the other meat. Right. And then as you got into refrigeration and more modernized forms of preserving and cooking, that's when you started to see things grow in a different direction. Uh, we, we will have Roland Lindsay on the show from Northeast Texas and who's got a very wide ranging lineage of barbecue from Dallas and east of the, and east of Dallas through uh, Longview, Dunganville. Uh, his family had a cafe that also cooked some barbecue as well. And we, we had a wonderful time talking with Roland, who's just got so much history and the family tree of people in that area that are still cooking barbecue. That so many restaurants from that stem from people that worked with or for Roland. Right, and it's it's kind of amazing. Um, there's there's a connection to it's one of those like six degrees of barbecue things where if you if you're going in a couple hundred mile radius of Longview, you're probably going to run into someone that's cooked for Roland before. So we'll get into that. He's probably the, the the last 50 years of barbecue in that area, he's had a connection to in some way, shape, or form. Um, of course, the Louis Miller family we will be getting into. Uh, we, we've gotten some great thoughts on 
growing up with Bobby Miller and in that restaurant from, you know, from the Miller family. And we're looking forward to having those discussions and getting those, that information out to you. Cause it's, it's really special for us um, that they're a wonderful family of barbecue. That's got such a history in Texas. And, and that, that history where the, these towns that were along um, the, the Chisholm trail and the wagon rides, and they popped up and eventually the train stops and they became a, center of town and a, and a place where people could come eat and that's how barbecue at the meat market started and they they rose over time through that and now it's it it's an institution of itself but um, back in the day it was it was sustenance and it was inexpensive and it was a it was a way to feed people right and you know for those that aren't aware louis miller started out as louis miller complete food store it was a grocery store it wasn't a barbecue restaurant the barbecue sprung from the meat that wasn't sold in the grocery store it was sold in an alley outside the you know outside the store, which wasn't originally in the building it's in now. Which which and I know we're going into probably a little too much detail, but that's why the the history of butcher paper instead of plates and ordering meat by the pound instead of composed meals and you know a, a meat plate with two sides. All of that stems from that that right. tradition. And you know again, Franklin popularized it, and so it's it's you see that all across the U.S. But it stems from that simple thing that it was it was meat that was, you know, you didn't have refrigeration, you had to season it, you cooked it, and it was still good for hours and hours and hours, but you still had to eat it and consume it, and it was just in the back of the store, the whole slabs of cheese and, and how the sides came along were the, the same type of reason. Right, and, and, you know, the history of barbecue mirrors the history of this country as far as how it's evolved and things like that. You can go into barbecue restaurants today and see where it used to be segregated and it's it's kind of crazy to see those things some of it doesn't exist as much anymore a lot of the newer buildings you know obviously are built in different ways but taylor cafe and in uh in taylor is one of those places and martin's where you can place and brian martin's place and brian uh the original Southside building had a wall you know that that segregated the building as well um which was in in elgin not on the side of 290 like they are now or downtown elgin downtown yeah. elgin but it, it's it's kind of fascinating to see how how barbecues evolved, how cooking techniques have evolved, and how we got to where we are now. It's it's easy for us to just walk up to the next great barbecue restaurant and order the prime brisket and the duroc rib, you know, and the with, artisan with specialty seasonings, oh, right? And, you with know, you know, Malabar black pepper, and you know, but to to see where barbecue began and how it got to where it is today, it's been it's been a fascinating experience for us. Just the research that we've done. And we really look forward to try to get you more of that information out there. And but please do your homework as well. You know, find these articles, find these people that have done all the research, and you know, and, and learn. You know, it's the best thing we can tell you guys. If you have this real passion for barbecue, learn what it is. Whether even if that's not Texas barbecue, there's history in every state's barbecue. But uh, find that history, track it down. You know, we're going to do our best to give you as much of the information as we can. But you'll probably find something out that we won't mention on the show. And it may not be that we didn't know. It may just be we ran out of time. But, you know, it's it's one of those things where we try to pay respect to what barbecue has been, what barbecue is. We still like to go to these places that that preserve that history and have those experiences where, you know, you're getting a sausage that was cooked the same way with the same seasoning, same recipe, same recipe, it's amazing 50, 60 plus years ago. You know, that's one luling. We had a luling sausage a couple of weeks ago. That place has been around for 50 years, and I don't think the sausage has probably changed all that much in 50 years, and I don't ever want it to. Well, and you know, kind of to, to stick on sausage for just a second, 
you know, you, you, I remember reading an article about John Fullalove, and it was whatever we talked about earlier. It's whatever was left over, yeah. and so the, the the ratio of beef and pork changed. Yeah. It, it was it was whatever they had. So one day it may be eighty twenty, the next day sixty forty, and the next day fifty fifty, and then back around. So, um, but the seasoning ratio probably didn't change, and it's it's a very simple simple thing when you break barbecue down to the elements obviously that's what we love about it it's it's very simple we like what's going on with new school barbecue we like all the new new places we're taking it the new influences like asian asian influences and um for goodness sakes i mean butterfinger briskets and <laughs> and all kinds of things that that people are really pushing boundaries but. right well especially i especially love it when it's when it's a natural progression you know when you have someone that the reason the asian influence is there is because they, you know, their family was Asian, and this is what they grew up eating, and so it's it's just right. like Texas barbecue was from the beginning. Well, and there were smoked meats it, in Asia it, too, right? So, and yeah. it's, it yeah. was an influence of what they grew up with, and so that's still there today. It's just evolving to a different level, and people are taking more care because we have these modern luxuries of being able to grade meats. You didn't grade meats a hundred years ago and decide, okay, this is prime, and this is this, this is that. You know, that's that was a whole, you know, that's something that came along, uh, you know, along the way. And so now it's a luxury as a consumer to be able to know where your meat's coming from, how that meat was raised, what it was given and wasn't given. And all of those wonderful things that, you know, that people like to talk about and people like to, quote unquote, brag about on a menu. There's a reason it's bragged about on a menu. It's because it's it sets a standard for that restaurant. And we love we love eating it, but just as much we love learning why we're eating it and how it came to be what it's become. And so we're going to do our best to give you that. Um, thank you guys so much for all the information you've helped us out with. We had people reach out to us along the way that have been if willing you know to help anybody, us. Um, you know, a, a big thing is if you know anybody that, that has a connection to barbecue history that um, we haven't talked about or haven't, you know, we've got a lot of people lined up. But if you know somebody, let us know, too. Yeah, we, we are looking to talk to more people. We've got a bunch of people that are on, on the record with us and that are have agreed to come on the record with us. But we want to have as much information for the listener out there as possible. So it doesn't even have to be someone that's cooked barbecue. If your fa- great-grandfather or someone like that, you know, he grew up in Elgin and he ended up eating this or that. I mean, we want to get that history. And whether that's from someone that's written a book someone that's cooked it themselves or someone that's gr- grown up in the industry in some way, shape or form. Hey, and you, you remember when we first started doing this podcast, we kept talking about somebody. We've talked about a lot of people. I know. But, you know, when we first started doing it, we, we need to go try to track down Arthur again. We do need to track down Arthur. <laughs> and we're not going to tell you for, who Arthur is. Yeah, for our listeners, if you don't know, um, you know, probably the first five episodes, I think we probably brought him up at about every other episode or maybe more than that. But, yeah, we need to find um, him. <laughs> but but he had some stories. We He, he told us some stories about uh, Smitty's back in the day and uh, Kreitz Market, which is what it really was before then. And uh, I, I'd like to get him on there. So we'll, we'll see if we can track him down, too. But... Um, definitely, we're going to do our legwork. We're going to do our driving. Um, we've already done some. Um, this is not a small project, and it's not a small undertaking. So bear with us, because we we will have to do regular episodes in between these um, these these history episodes. But we'll try to find a way to tag them so that you can listen to them all in order at some point. Right? Yeah, we'll we'll definitely try to make it accessible for everybody. We want everyone to be able to listen to this, you know, in a row if they like to or how they choose to. But of course, we'll have interviews and other episodes along the way of different events we're going to different things like that so be on the lookout for that but this was kind of our we wanted to get an intro out there for you guys to kind of let you know what you know what we're doing how this is happening what are we doing 
I'm still figuring that out. But <laughs> we've been doing this for a year now, and it, we still don't know what we're doing. Uh, no, I think you know, we're we're starting to learn a little bit. You know, we're we're getting there, but again, we're doing what we want to do, and that's what's important. And, right, and, and we absolutely appreciate that people are along for the ride and and listen to us because uh, this is this is what we want to do, and this is the way we want to do it. So. For those of you that have that have hung in there and those of the, that have joined along the way, I absolutely appreciate you listening. Yeah, thank you guys so much. We've been kind of mind blown over how this show has grown over. People take the pictures last year. with us, yeah, and that was really strange. strange. <laughs> it's like number one, you don't see our face on the show anyway, but um, it, it was very humbling. Uh, as as you know, it's like, well, wait, that's just strange to us, but uh, it, it's appreciated, and we love hanging out with you guys, and we love eating barbecue. Um, so, but, but it, uh, it, it's kind of strange. It's, it's a weird feeling. It is. It is. It's been, it's been a very interesting experience of, you know, now it's, I would say 90% of the time we go eat barbecue, we run into someone we know or someone's listened to the show. Um, and it's just one of those really cool experiences that we honestly didn't know was going to be part of this whole podcast show journey thing, but it's been really fun. The show has grown far beyond where we thought it would grow, especially in the first year. Um, we, we thank you guys. We couldn't have done any of this without knowing that people were listening. And, you know, it's Brian and I have these conversations in the car on the way to barbecue joints all the time. And we have for years, but it, it wouldn't be worth buying microphones and recording equipment and doing all these giveaways. It wouldn't be worth it if we didn't have people that were truly listening, truly enjoying the show. I mean, no, nothing is, better to us than we get a whether it's a direct message or a comment on an instagram post or whatever of saying oh hey when you guys talked about this in that episode that was really cool and i you know people that go to barbecue restaurants and say hey you guys told me about this place and it was a great experience and or people that the one that that i really liked we got multiple times which is people that listen to an interview on their way to eat barbecue at that place right yeah so it's it's really cool for us you know we we don't do this show to get famous we don't do this show to make millions of dollars we don't do this show to make any money any money we make no money (laughs) we do this show because we love barbecue and we love the stories that we get and we've i mean some of the stories we've heard on the show so far have have blown my mind i i never expected to get some of the stories that we've gotten um, and some of the people that have shared what they've shared with us. It's, it's been great. I, I love, I love listening to those. And that's why we're so excited about the history is because there's, there's more, you know, we've done a lot of what we've done is more current barbecue joints. And right. um, there's, there's definitely people that uh, we're going to sit down with and families that we're going to sit down with. And we've already started to kind of scratch the surface, but um, I, I think you're really going to like, listening into these stories of these people that are third, fourth, fifth generation pit masters and, and people in the families that are going to talk about their experiences. Yeah, it's it's special. This state is special. This barbecue is special. That's um, right, Andrew. This state is special. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're excited for it. Thank you guys for listening, and we will be back out on the trail here pretty soon.